Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said this, these things, while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one who would betray him. And he said, for this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. All right, this is it, the season finale of our Bread of Life series. Our fifth and final episode, for anyone who's been traveling or who's joining us for the first time today, Let's catch you up. Five weeks ago, we read about the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had compassion for the crowd that had gathered around him and fed the people with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And after everyone had had their fill, there was more left over than what they started with. Then Jesus left. He went on to the next ministry site, but the crowd followed him. They wanted more bread, another sign from God. They wanted to know the meaning and significance of what had happened in that grassy place where every empty stomach was filled and every hunger satisfied. Jesus didn't feed them with bread this time. Instead, he proclaimed God's love and God's promise. He laid out the entire gospel. He proclaimed that he was from heaven, that he is the bread of life desiring to feed us and sustain us, that we are invited into the deepest relationship with the divine. We are loved so much that Jesus wants to abide in us and we in him forever. And then, as we read today, 
Not everyone responds so positively to this teaching. Some people in the crowd complain, saying this teaching is too difficult. Many turn away and leave. There's no more crowd. Just the most committed of disciples stay with Jesus. And even they are baffled. This past week, during my commute, I've been listening to the book Love People, Use Things, written by the minimalists uh, Joshua Fields Milborn and Ryan Nicodemus. And while I can't say I agree with everything, clothes and trinkets and things like that, I did appreciate their perspective on things, on our possessions, the items we own, the things we consume, how we look at our material world and our stuff. We need stuff, a place to live, clothes to wear, food to eat, a way to get to places. And stuff can add value to our lives. But even the very best stuff is temporary. You can store it up for a while, but not forever. We might feel more secure with lots of stuff around us, but one fire or flood or significant life change, and our stuff might not be our stuff any longer. Our identity needs to be more than the things we can purchase. We need meaning in our lives. We need relationships. We need love. And no amount of stuff can change that. In our translation of today's gospel text, Jesus says that the flesh is useless, which feels a bit odd. After waxing poetic about the fleshy earthiness of God in body being offered for our bodies, But another translation of this is to say that the flesh profits nothing. Flesh alone, our bodies alone, the material world, all the bread you can eat is fleeting. It's temporary. It's not forever. Jesus offers us more. Flesh and spirit together. God among us. Not just God in the flesh, but God in our flesh. Jesus wants to abide in us and invites us to abide in him. Eat this bread and live forever. Incarnation is more than Jesus being born among us more than Jesus being found in bread and wine. It's about Jesus dying and rising to new life. And in his death, destroying death. And in his resurrection, offering us new life. Making new life, eternal life, available to all. In abiding in Christ, in Christ abiding in us, We are called into a faith of being like Jesus, 
a faith of living and dying for others. We can understand why the crowd disappears. It's a lot to consider. It's a lot to take in all at once. This invitation is a strange one. But the twelve stayed by Jesus' side. As Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. When I read Peter's words, I don't know why, but I kind of read it as, Lord, where else are we going to go? Where else can we possibly go? You have the words of eternal life. Yes, these are challenging words for the crowd to hear, but life is challenging. Jesus offering another way, something more, when there's nowhere else to turn. When it seems like life is too hard, too filled with poverty and hunger and hardship and violence and hate and sickness, Jesus offers us life, abundant life, eternal life. When everything else is so fleeting and temporary, Jesus is offering us something that lasts, something we can hold on to and trust in and rely on no matter the circumstances. And in a world when so much is out of our control, when we can't even predict the exact circumstances of this afternoon, yet alone next week or next month or next year, We have Jesus to return to again and again, offering us the words of eternal life. Over the past week, we've seen devastating stories and images come from Afghanistan. I'm not an expert in their culture or history. I'm not well-read in U.S. military involvement. I can't offer any wise political commentary. But I'm human, and I'm a woman, and I'm a mother. And my heart breaks for the Afghan people. My heart breaks for the families torn apart, for the girls who can no longer go to school, for the people who will leave to seek refuge in other countries but won't be welcomed. So I turn to Jesus, because where else can I turn? What else can I do? I need words of eternal life. We can't change what's happening in Afghanistan right now, but we can ask for God to change us, to transform our hearts, to give us empathy for those who seek asylum in this country, to recognize the shared humanity of our global neighbors, to pray without ceasing for the well-being and the safety of the people, to support efforts that bring justice and peace, and to have hope that while this world is passing away, God's love for all people is forever. The disciples 
don't have all the answers. They're frankly as baffled as anyone else. But they follow Jesus anyway, trusting that Jesus is the Holy One of God, trusting that it's worth following him, trusting that the love of God is transforming the world. We don't have all the answers, but we are here worshiping God together. Despite needing to wear masks or having to connect online, despite the personal pains we carry and everything that is happening in the world, despite a hurricane that's coming very soon, or maybe we're here because of all those things. Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We are here turning to Jesus, hungry to be fed once again, abiding in the one who gave his life for us, learning how to live and give our lives for others, and taking comfort in the one thing that we can count on to never change. God's deep, abiding, persistent, ever-present, abundant, eternal love. Amen.